Via Hemp, let's talk about it. Via Hemp offers THC and non-TH craft cannabis experiences. Now, I love a non-THC option when it comes to your overall wellness. I'm talking sleep aid, maybe anxiety if you have that. Well, that's where Via comes into play. And did you know even a non-THC option if you're doing fertility or IVF can be helpful? Look into that. Well, Via is incredible. You got to be 21 plus. You can get 15% off with my exclusive code TSFS when you go to viahemp, V-I-I-A, hemp.com. They have all kinds of lifestyle products. And like I said, the best part is with the THC or without, so you don't have the buzzy buzzy. Don't you love my cannabis lingo? I mean, the buzzy buzzy. Anyway, I'm unique. What can I say? Look, order now. You're going to love Via Hemp. Use the code TSFS to receive 15% off and a one-time free sample of their award-winning gummies, 21 plus. That's viahemp.com and use the code TSFS at checkout. Support the show. Tell them I sent you and enhance your everyday life with Via Hemp. Summer is almost here. Don't you want to go to the beach with thicker, gorgeous, beautiful locks and everyone goes, hey, I love your hair. And you go, Nutrafol, baby. You know, something along that lines. Well, take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering my listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and you enter the promo code TSFS. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. I recommend it. I've been taking Nutrafol for years. It's how I got my hair back thicker and not falling out in chunks after I had KJ. Now it's your turn. Nutrafol has been on with me for years, and that's because you all continue to buy, and it really works. I love it. Now it's your turn to love it too. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com with the promo code T-S-F-S. That's Nutrafol.com with the promo code T-S-F-S. The wait is over. That's right. Season five of The Kardashians is here. Just when you thought life couldn't get any faster, they're punching it up into overdrive. Chris, Courtney, Kim, Chloe, Kendall, and Kylie are back and continue to defy expectations in all their endeavors. So get ready to go behind the glitz and glamour of the most iconic family on television. The all-new season of The Kardashians premieres May 23rd, streaming on Hulu. Okay, Phrygiac's brand new show. I am having two people on that I fell in love with when I moved here to L.A. um, in January. You've probably heard me over the years say I've always wanted to try stand-up comedy. I've always wanted to be a comic. And it's been one of my biggest fears. So when I got to Los Angeles, I was like, I'm doing it. I'm doing a stand-up class. And that is how I found Jerry Katzman and Heather Pasternak, who are about to be on the podcast. If you yourself have ever had a curiosity about trying stand-up, even if you're on the East Coast, and I know so many people are listening that work in corporate environments, Jerry and Heather are going to talk too. They actually come in and help, um, whether it's with your sales team or your corporate team, to connect better through comedy. It's pretty amazing what they do. I I absolutely loved it. And now I'm doing stand-up. So um, please enjoy. I think you're going to be very amused by this interview. And also, if you've ever been curious or you think for your team, um, definitely check them out. You can actually go to Jerry's website, which is standupcomedyclass.com. And here are Jerry and Heather. We're just uh, we're just very good looking people, and that's rare in comedy that you would have people who who could also easily be models. I know it's hard to be yeah. hot, isn't it, Jerry? And funny. I mean, uh, I don't I don't know how I do it. The talent, you know? the talent. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's a talent. It's a, it's a gift. It's a talent. Look, we're both vessels. We are vessels. Vessels. Yes. For um, what exactly? <laughs> Purity. Um, It's so good to see you. It's so good to see you. Uh, You know, Jerry Katzman is my guest today who is, look, I got to tell you, you were like one of the first names I heard. I moved to Los Angeles in January. I go out to coffee with this comic and you know this because I took your fabulous class, which we'll eventually talk about, but I have always wanted to try to be a stand-up comedian in whatever capacity so I have this chance meeting with Reem and she goes oh my god you you have to take Jerry's class like this guy has a cult following in here first of all I love cult anything cult well anything cult and then cult following sure I mean so she said you 
got to take his class. So I signed up for your class. I just, I fell in love with you, everybody in the class, and really your method of teaching comedy. Yeah. And I know for myself and so many people listening, there are going to be people listening that have always been curious to do stand up or could, you know, people tell you when you're a kid, you're so funny, you should be on stage. So I wanted to have you on because I think for me, it took so many years to get the courage up. So I want some people listening today to go, you know what, it's time, like, I should sign up and meet Jerry because you uh, you just foster this really, um, you know, kind way of doing comedy, which was fascinating to me because I'm used to the opposite coming from radio. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's funny how like but you probably have a few people in your radio world who were kind and like, you know, maybe 90 percent of people were like competitive and and trying to tell you, like, stay where you are. Don't come after what I have. And then there's always that that small percent, that five or 10 percent. You know, uh, Mark Twain had this saying, beware of people who belittle your ambitions because the truly great make you feel like you can be truly great, too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that is one of my favorite quotes, because in any world I've ever entered, you know, I love the movie. Um, dazed and confused because it also has sort of the same, the same message, which is like in all the different places, like in one place, you're a senior and in one place, you're a freshman and your job as a senior is to like, you can haze them a little, but bring up the other freshmen because soon enough, you're going to be a freshman somewhere else. And you're going to look for that kind person above you to help pull you up too. And, and that's sort of always been my ethos. I have three older sisters and they kind of, Aww. you know, pulled me up with them and, and, um, you know, I, I, there's lots of ways to learn comedy. There's, you know, there's like, just go to an open mic and go, you know, go to this comedy club where everyone's going to haze you and be a dick to you. And some people fight their way up that way. There's t- a totally legitimate way and much more the sort of old school method. But I, when I got into comedy, I always, in any class I've ever taken or anything I've ever done, I've always been drawn to those kind people who made you feel like, hey, you can do it. Those, you know, the carrot, not the stick. And so I thought, you know, once I started figuring out some comedy for myself, I thought, and then I was asked to teach it. I said, well, let me let me teach it in the way I like to learn, which is like, let's take it one step at a time. Let's bring everyone up real gently. Let's play this thing like a team sport. You know, we have a saying, as you know, in the class, nobody's funny unless everybody's funny. Can yeah. can we all get behind each other so much so that I care as much about that guy's set being great as I do as my own? And if everyone else in the room feels the same way, everyone's sets are going to get so good. You know, and, and I think that bears out. We've had you know, three people on Colbert in the last couple of years, Conan, uh, uh, four people at Just for Laughs. We have people writing on SNL. I mean, there, there are people all over the industry from our community. And it, and it is a community because we don't treat each other like dicks. We treat each other well. And, and as a result, you know, I'm going to a wedding this weekend. I, if I'm not mistaken, the groom and the bride met each other in our class. And I bet you of the however many guests, you know, 10 or 20 of them will be from our community. We're, you know, we're friends. I mean, you know that that's how it is. And, and, and I think there's ways to learn things. You know, there's like the Russian gymnastics coach who's like, you will never be good enough. No, you know, the, yes. that guy. And then there's maybe the American coach who's like, good job. You really gave it your all today. And, you know, the balance probably should lie somewhere in the middle. And uh, sure. Sure. Um, You know what, Jerry, I was trying to think, I don't think I can ever remember. How did, why did you want to become a stand-up comic initially? I can't remember if you told that story in class. Actually, it's just made me question my, all my life choices (laughs) and now I have to leave. Goodbye. Um, uh, Yeah. What was it? Did people always (laughs) tell you you were funny? Like how did, how did you first get interested? So, you know, I, okay. So I started as a kid magician. I probably should have brought oh. a trick to blow your mind with. And, and usually I do that when I come on a show and I, and I, and I haven't, but that on me, but so I started as a kid magician when I was six years old, my dad brought me a, a magic set and I just loved it. And then, you know, I was not, I was not the athletic kid, you know, I was the sort of not whatever the opposite of the athletic kid was. And for me, my way of connecting to people was to make them laugh or to, you know, make them amazed. You know, I, I it was, it was all about personality. It was all about storytelling. So, you know, when I was, I think I was 15, 14, I got asked to do stand up at a thing, like a youth group thing. And I, I performed for like 300 people. And I, and the, the funny thing is there were a bunch of comedians from, um, 
they were from MTV. There was a show called MTV Young Comics. And the organizer of the event was so smart. And thank God I didn't really know much about anything. I know, right? Because, it's like good to Because almost. they let me close the show. <laughs> <laughs> they just went like, because they knew. I mean, someone was really smart. They went, no matter how good these guys are, the kids know him. So he's going to, he's going to be, you can't follow that if, if everyone in the room knows you. And they knew I was, somehow they just knew I was going to be good. So I, I, that was an incredible experience. And then when I went to college, uh, I went to Georgetown University. I thought I was going to be a diplomat. But when I went there, I got into the improv troupe. And uh, we were we won the National College Comedy Festival. We, we were called Rebels Without Applause. And we did very well. It wasn't really a, a win thing, but we, we sort of dominated this comedy festival we were in. And that ended up with me getting a job writing for Comedy Central and starting to do stand-up in New York. And, and that's sort of how it all came out. You know, when you're a funny person, most of the time, you know, when I was in, uh, it's too long, I'm sorry. If you're a funny person, uh, you will hear you know, oh my God, do you do stand up? You should do stand up. Oh my God, you should be a comedian. And, yes. if, you, and if you haven't heard that, you're, you're probably moderately funny, but if you're really funny, then, then, you know, because of the feedback that you get, people go, you, you know, it's like, you probably were told growing up, like you should be, you should have your own radio show. You have, your, your voice is good for radio. it. When I, I the story I was going to tell you is when I was in college, because I was in this diplomacy school, I had to spend uh, time in France because the school made you get this equivalence, basically, in another language and, and all this stuff. And I was with my friend Joe, who to this day is the most handsome guy I have ever known. This guy <laughs> is like, he's he's ridiculously good looking. And everywhere we went in France, people would be like, do you model? Would you like to model? Would you care to model? And I'd be with him and I'd be like, I'd like to model, you know? And they'd be like, that's a great kid. Yeah, all right, right. Him. But you know, if you're really hot, people ask you if you should model. And if you're, you're funny, people usually ask you to do stand up. But like what you were talking about, people can say to you, you should do stand up. The question is, where do you start? Yeah. And, and then the old advice was, you know, uh, look, if, if I wanted to learn how to horseback ride, I could take a horseback riding lesson and someone could go, here's the stirrups, here's how you put on a saddle, here's the reins, here's how you stop and here's how you steer. Or the way they want you to do it with stand-up is, hey, Jerry, you want to learn how to horseback ride? Why don't you go into the wilderness and jump on the back of a wild stallion? Then you'll <laughs> learn how to horseback ride. That's what people essentially suggest to people that they want to learn stand-up. You want to learn stand-up? Go to an open mic full of, 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 of comics who are looking at you like with, with pure hostility, who, who don't laugh at anything funny. See, see how that goes. And I, that always has struck me as like just the dumbest I mean, that's how I learned, but, but I, it, I hated it. I, I, I really didn't think it was a great method. And I thought, you know what? So because of my improv background, I thought, what if you know, improv is so collaborative? It's such a team sport with such a team spirit. You know, one of the first rules of improv is always make your scene partner look good. Like it's a positivity right. thing. You don't do improv well if it's a hostile environment. And I thought, well, so what happened was I got to LA. It's a longer story, but I started book acting roles. I booked uh, improvisational roles. I was in a Henry Jaglum film, which is improvised. I was in, uh, I booked a part in Reno 911, improvised. And the acting school started hiring me to, to teach their improv classes. And I said, could I also teach stand-up? Because stand-up had been very important to me getting those roles. I, I wouldn't have gotten an agent if I hadn't done stand-up. Stand-up was so important. And they said, do whatever you want. It's your class. So I taught uh, improv from 7 p.m. till 10 p.m., and we took a little break and then I taught stand-up from 11 p.m. till 2 a.m. And, and it's, I was young and stupid and so were they for putting up with that, but it became one of the school's most you know, popular classes. And when the school closed for the summer, I said to them, what do you want me to do? Because all these students are calling me. They said, you should open your own school. And that was in 2005, I think. Wow, uh, they told you that. Yeah, and, uh, and, and that's how this all started. It wasn't my plan. I had no intention. I just went, I had a job, but I, uh, I ended up opening up my own school. And we, you know, we've won favorite comedy class in LA, favorite comedy teacher in LA. We have, you know, uh, we've had an amazing track record with helping funny people learn to be funny on stage. And that's what we do. We don't teach people how to be funny. We take funny people. My goal, our goal, and you'll be meeting Heather. Heather, my co-teacher, will come in. Oh, yeah. Heather's amazing, too. She's great, too. But, like, our goal is to make you as funny on stage as you are when you're hanging out with your friends. That's the golden fleece of all of this. If we can get you close to how funny you are at a diner at midnight when you're relaxed, 
that's what we really we really aim to do. And there are people in your class, you know, Christina Burdett and uh, and um, oh god, oh my god, uh, everyone, Miles, Horace Gold. Yeah, Gold. Miles, I, mean, I mean, they really got their own. It's they're they're very unique kind of comedy came out and, yes. and yours and every one of your classmates. And, you know, so that's all we love to do. Well, it's, you know, so since class, I've been doing it, committed to doing like an open mic or stand up once a week. And it's so right. fascinating to see. I mean, yeah, I just feel so far ahead of other comics because you really do have this way of writing, which I think is very proprietary maybe to you, but it's so I think it just puts you ahead of so many other comics because people up there have great ideas, but yeah. but most people are just these sort of longer winded storytellers and you kind of like lose the audience. And, um, you know, I think you can get away with that when you're Dave Chappelle, when you're, when you're already right. known, I think you can go up on stage for an hour and tell one story. I, yeah. People are there because of your whole persona at that point, you know? Right. But I see going out, like and doing these open mics with some other comics who don't. And then they always ask me, like, they'll come up and they go, oh, I really liked your set or whatever. How'd you get a tight night? I'm always like, oh, Jerry Katzman, do this class. They're like, what? Well, yeah. and because for some reason, comedy classes have a really bad rep, not just here, but I would hear it in D.C. I, 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 yeah. did, a, I did an improv class, but people would always be like, oh, you don't want to do a, a stand-up comedy class. Right. They're terrible. You, you go out and do open mics. Why is it in our business? It doesn't make any sense to me because in every other industry, you would take courses to know what you are doing. Like you wouldn't just go into nursing and... <laughs> You know? I want to learn how to be a doctor. You know what? Go into a surgery. Just, <laughs> just, just start, start cutting. cutting. Just you gotta, you gotta do it to learn it, man. No, it's it makes no. And it, what's so crazy is, if you said to someone, "I want to," if you said to a stand-up comedian, uh, an established stand-up comedian, "I want to learn how to act," they'd be like, "Here's my acting school. I want to learn how to play guitar. Here's my guitar teacher. I want to learn improv comedy. You gotta go to the Second City or the Groundlings. I want to learn stand-up." There's no other way to do it but to just go up and figure it out yourself. And, and it's there's no other thing that people learn. The only thing I found is sex. Sex is the only <laughs> thing that people push back on uh, about taking a class where they go, hey, I don't need a class. I do not need a class, right? I know. I just I have it within me. But probably people would be much better at sex if, they, if there were classes, you know? Much, much better. All right. Well, where do you think? That's, this by the way, that's our level two. That's our the, the level two class. It's a. I'm looking forward to having you in it. But. I'm doing it. Um, yeah. But okay, why do you think there's a stigma around comedy and uh, courses? What's the deal? It's. I don't know. I mean, listen. I I kind of get it. I think the truth is, there's a great book called The Discoverers, uh, and it's this. Uh, I'm forgetting the uh, the author, but it's about great discoveries. And there was a. Uh, a physician named Galen, who, uh, man, I'm going way off course here. <laughs> the truth is, at first, uh, like, you know, Da Vinci and, and other artists were thought uh, to be horrible people because they were very interested in looking at cadavers to understand uh, anatomy. And there was this pushback against anatomy. People felt if you were a physician, you should just intuitively know how to practice this. Also, they were like, look, the, it, it's all there. The, there are humors and they're, they're in the body. And, you, you know, this is how the spirits make you sick and all this stuff. And anyone who wanted to learn anatomy and dissect a cadaver were actually like sometimes thrown in jail for doing it because they just the medical establishment was just like, that's not how it's done. You have to do it this way. That's there's no reason to to break things down into into components like that. And you know, not to be too uh, you know to elevate this too much, but I really think it's the same thing with stand-up comedy. It's not how it was done. So saying to people, instead of just doing this trial and error way, where you just go up and fail and go up and fail and go up and sometimes win and just feel it out completely intuitively. To say to someone, oh, you know, you could actually, instead of just going in blind, you could actually have someone sort of explain the frontier around, oops, sorry, uh, for, explain the frontier around you. Yeah. And then you could walk in with some understanding first. That challenges the sort of the, 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 the norm of how this has always been done. And so people don't like that. At the same time, I'll say, 
there's also some probably really bad classes out there. I mean, I think the funny thing is that I found is most great comics are not great teachers. And many great teachers are not great comics. And that could even be me. Like I, I'm pretty funny and I, whatever, but I, I don't have all of the same rhino skin that most stand-up comics have. You know, I don't, I, I identify far more as an entertainer and a, and a multi-hyphenate than just a comedian, right? So, so by that, I mean that like, sorry, I kind of want to back, back up and delete what I just said, but, but <laughs> no, that fine. being said, got it. there's a lot of, that there probably are a lot of bad comedy classes out there. Yeah, which and, is and and if a if a person tries to tell you there's one way, one formula, one thing you can do to do something, then the risk is that everyone who comes out of that class ends up sounding the same. And um and I hope that doesn't happen with us. I mean, when I watch one of our showcases, I go, you know, you would not know that Miles Bryant and Horace Gold you know, are from the same school, you know, you wouldn't oh, know. And totally. those are people in your class, but you might not know that uh, Heather Pasternak and uh, Tamar Catan both came from the same place, you know, or that. Uh, All right. I am offering my limited time sales packages for small businesses. They are back. $150, If you are a women, women-owned business, small business, I love men too. You got a small male business, good, I'm in. You got a male strip club business, I'm in. <laughs> For a limited time, Sarah Fraser Show is offering my ad rates, my fall ad rates starting at $150, $300, I've already sold three packages since I dropped it last week. So I would love for you to get on board. Advertising with me, you're going to have access to my 100,000 plus downloads and people that listen to this show every single month, along with my thousands of followers on social media. You can follow at The Sarah Fraser Show everywhere to see more about it. But email me for details, Show at gmail.com. I'd love to have you on. Also, Nutrafol. Guys, I've been talking about Nutrafol. Absolutely love them. If you haven't tried Nutrafol, it's an amazing supplement that I probably started taking five months ago. Oh my God. Best thing I ever did. 80 million men and women in the U.S. experience thinning hair, yet it's still not openly talked about. And oh my gosh, I mean, how many people live in shame of their hair issues or how many women have you seen? I just had a girlfriend. She took her hair extensions out. So much of her hair came out. She said it was one of the hardest things she's ever had to deal with. Well, Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement. Clinically shown to improve your hair growth, thickness, and visible scalp coverage for ladies and men. Did you know there are multiple causes of thinning hair? And Nutrafol is the hair growth supplement that goes beyond genetics to target stress, hormones, nutrition, metabolism, aging, and more. You can grow thicker and healthier hair and support the Sarah Fraser show by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code TSFS to save $15 off your first month subscription. This is the best offer anywhere, and it's only available to my U.S. customers for a very limited time. Plus free shipping on every order. Get $15 off at Nutrafol.com. That's spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo promo code TSFS. I got to tell you, I started taking them. My hair has finally grown longer. I take Nutrafol in combination with a prenatal vitamin and I take some other herbs. From I'm taking a lot of stuff, but I will tell you, Nutrafol has helped to grow my hair longer and oh my God, it's the thickest it's ever been. So order today. I sort of see what I do a little bit like a therapist. Like it, it, yes, you to, are it, it therapist. doesn't need to be out there that, that, that anyone took a class because, because it's, it's a very intimate thing that we do, you know? And, and we, stand-up comedy, the way we practice it is a lot about, you know, you have secrets, you know, AA says you're only sick as your secrets and you have some secrets and they're shameful and they're kind of poisonous to you. And then you talk about them and that neutralizes the poison. And then you make them funny and that turns it into medicine, both for you and for everyone else. Yeah. And that's, that's part of the magic of standup. I mean, you literally are healing yourself and other people through talking about things and making them funny. I mean, humor is the shock absorber of life. And so we try, as you know, to create a safe enough space in our classes so that people can feel safe to talk about anything. And, and the, the, they, they sort of 
exercise the shame out of them and become way more open and, and vulnerable and as a, as, as, as a consequence, become much stronger and, and more impermeable. It's like a strange paradox with stand-up. Like the, more, the less shame you have about talking about your life, in a way you'd think like that, that opens you up and makes you weak, but in a way that just makes you stronger because there's nothing to be afraid of. Okay. Talk to me about that. Cause I think that is what is really unique about your class. And what I loved is you really kind of wanted us to go deep personally, which was funny because I thought we were going to be ranting about more life observations. And after I took your class, see, now here I go. One of the great things about your class, too, is you always say, like, don't be, you know, be less critical. You know, you can't yeah. be that which you criticize. But here I go criticizing. Anyway, now I watch all these comics because I go to the the open mics. And, you know, a lot of they want to talk about coronavirus or whatever. And I'm kind of like, oh, it's so surface. Like, tell me something about you. It's why mm. are you drawn to personal? Because now after taking your class, now I'm like, I don't give up. I don't want to hear another fucking COVID joke. I want you to right. tell me about your truth. Why yeah. are you drawn to that? Why do you think that's the best? Com- I don't know if you think it's the best comedy, but. I mean, the funny thing is, you know, I, I've sort of transitioned from, I perform still, but I perform less and teach more and act more and, and speak more. And, and and we also do a lot of corporate work, which Heather is going to come on. We'll talk about what we're doing at the Comedy Partners. But, but you know, as when I was a performing comic, more often I would actually was drawn to the observational. I would say I'm more of a Jerry Seinfeld than a Louis C.K. You know okay. what I mean? Like, okay. Just in my nature. And I think... I think it takes a lot of courage to talk about your life. And I'm not sure I had that kind of courage when I was younger. I I think I'm even gaining it now. I I think it's very difficult to talk about yourself. That being said, you know, everyone has thoughts about Instagram and everyone has thoughts about, uh, you know, whatever the airplane food, I mean, whatever the thing is, yeah. But only you can talk about caring for an elderly parent or being, you know, uh, growing up uh, Mormon or whatever your thing is. And so from a purely practical standpoint, I'll tell you, you know, my class is like, I'm trying to get 10 people to summit a mountain successfully, you know, in in about 10 weeks, right? right. I've got to get everyone up there. (laughs) And to do that, we all have to write a lot of jokes. Yeah. And the truth is you can write a lot. Most people can write a lot less jokes about social media that are unique and insightful and meaningful than they can about, you know, being a, a new mom. So, so just from a purely practical standpoint, I found that in order to get people, I, I try to get people to choose topics that are like, if, if we think about say sculptors, right? If I give you a big enough uh, block of marble to chip away at, you're, you, there's a better chance of you getting a great statue out of it. So I, I do encourage people to choose, you know, weighty substantive topics to talk about just because there's more material there than uh, talking about TikTok. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not to say there's anything wrong with TikTok. And no. you might have some of your, your best jokes might be about TikTok, <laughs> but, um, there's just more there, there. And like you're saying, we want to know, like, what's that guy's deal? I know he's, you know, talking about traffic. I know that. But like, what is he? Is he a father? Is he right? Is he straight? Is he what? What's the essence of that person? And if you can and like, you know, Sarah, it takes so much freaking courage. But if you can say, OK, here's the deal. You know, I'm I'm a lesbian. I'm I, I used to be married to a man. I'm divorced now. Yeah. And I'm. I'm married, but we don't like to say married. You know, like the real stuff is like so. It it's so. Uh, it's got so much flavor and 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 depth to it that like once you've done it, it's very hard for you to think about. You know, oh, I'm just gonna write a joke about you know the Whole Foods. Uh, totally. I mean, it really. That's what I, I'm so drawn to now. You know, and and. Look, I think everyone should take a stand-up class or an improv class in general because I think wow. whatever you do, it makes you better at communicating. It gives you self-confidence. It just there's so many things that it does. And of course, it's 
there's there's a lot to it, right? Like now performing, you know, doing our five minutes and adding things in, but you realize it's it's about your showmanship. You know, it's about showmanship. It's about can you get the crowd on your side? You know, there's so many things to being a great yeah. comic aside from just your material. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's where you get in to start tinkering like, okay, how can I... Yeah, like I, I find that part interesting. Like how can you win every audience? You know, how can you... Because that's a whole nother, you got to be like present. You got to know your material. You got to be able to be on the fly. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, 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 it is. Uh, But I will say just in case someone's listening and that that sounds too intimidating, the truth is people, and and this isn't just about our class. It can be about the the practice of stand-up, you know, but in our class, people come in and they go, I have no performance experience. I, you know, never done anything like this before. Can I do this? And the answer is absolutely. If you can have a conversation on the phone with your best friend, or if you can just talk to your friend across a dinner table and have a fun, funny conversation, make them laugh, you know, we we can get you to do that on stage. And that's all, you know, we say, there's a saying, stand-up is not a performance, it's a conversation. So if you can have a conversation, you can do stand-up. And yes, you're right, Sarah, there's, there's a few other little... <laughs> If that you really people, like it, yeah, yeah. You know, how to how to how to juice it a little bit better. But honest to God, if if you can hold a microphone and talk, and sometimes you can even just keep it in a stand. So you don't even need to be able to do that. If you can just have a conversation, that's all stand-up is. It's just a conversation about about you and your life and about what's important to you and what you think is real. Oh my God. I mean, I love it. You know, and uh, yeah, I've had a microphone in my face since, you know, I was like eight. So any excuse now to have another one on stage, <laughs> I'm like, I'll keep Weren't doing it. Weren't you part of one of the 200, 200 hottest people in radio? Yes, that's one of my jokes. 200 yeah. hottest radio chicks in America, but I was 200. So, you know, we, we worked that in. <laughs> okay, wait a minute. Did I see this? Were you on Oprah's show? Were you on the Oprah? No. Oh, okay. I've been on a lot of shows. I've been, uh, I, I did, well, no. So that was, yes, yes, in a way. So we we did an episode of Chelsea Handler's show where she brought her niece to our school to learn stand-up. Mm-hmm. And I did a, a document, and I recently was on a couple of Netflix shows, uh, most recently on I Think You Should Leave, which is a, a very weird comedy with Tim Robinson from Saturday Night Live. And Okay. But, but the thing you're thinking about was a documentary that I was in, um, uh, Heather and I were both in, where... <laughs> It was for Oprah. Oprah.com had this thing, a short film thing where uh, it's, it was a documentary where they sent us into a women's prison to teach the women how to do stand-up. Really? And, and improv, yeah. And uh, and it was great. The other teacher was Samantha Jacks, who's a wonderful um, uh, improv teacher. And uh, it was, uh, uh, I'm forgetting the names of everyone else in, who was involved. <laughs> Oh God, why am I doing that? Anyway, I'll remember soon. Uh, it, it was a very cool experience. And um, yeah, and what's really funny is that um, the women who took oh part in this were amazing. When we started, um, it was just like a three-day workshop, two or three-day workshop that ended in a show. And for the first day, they were like, look, I don't need to, I'm not going to be funny. I'm not going to be, I don't want to be funny. You know, uh, this is this is not my, uh, you know, thing. And then after the show, Hero Breads. Oh my gosh. Chef's kiss. Do you love carbs? I'm obsessed. Give me a croissant. Give me a tortilla, baby, every day, slathered with some hummus. Yes, please. And then a lot of veggies, a little turkey burger in it. Okay. Um, That's my own proprietary sandwich. Thanks. (laughs) Hero Breads right now offering 10% off. Go to hero.com. Co. Enter the promo code TSFS. You are getting 10% off. Now, Hero Bread is so delicious and flavorful, soft, fluffy. In fact, so fluffy that KJ loves it slathered with butter and cinnamon every day. They're known for their products to have zero to one grams of net carbs, zero sugar, and high in fiber. So what are you waiting for? Don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code TSFS at checkout. That's TSFS at H-E-R-O dot C-O. The wait is over. That's right. Season five of The Kardashians is here. Just when you thought life couldn't get any faster, they're punching it up into overdrive. Chris, 
Courtney, Kim, Chloe, Kendall, and Kylie are back and continue to defy expectations in all their endeavors. So get ready to go behind the glitz and glamour of the most iconic family on television. The all-new season of The Kardashians premieres May 23rd, streaming on Hulu. Ten years ago, I lost 60 pounds mindful eating, and today I have kept the weight off. I never think about food. I never count calories. Honey, I don't even use one of those darn trackers or apps. I live with food freedom, and I want that for you if you are ready and you want it. And that's where My Optimal Body comes into play. Visit MyOptimalBody.com to request an appointment, and be sure to let them know that the Sarah Fraser Show sent you so you can qualify for a free personalized assessment plus a bonus free 30-day supply of their gut repair product when you sign up for a customized plan. That is myoptimalbody.com to request an appointment. Why I wanted to partner with Dr. Applin is because he is a doctor that gets to the cellular and gut reason of why you can't lose weight and keep it off. They also work with your mental capacity as well. So many of us are emotional eaters. They address that and their clients see long-term success. If you are ready to lose weight, keep it off, and you don't want to do crazy Ozempic, myoptimalbody.com and tell them the Sarah Fraser Show sent you. Do you hear that? That is the sound of the brand new and delicious You Natural Conception for her in their juicy strawberry gummy flavored. Oh my, this is now my favorite thing to take. It's a fertility aid. If you haven't heard about them, they are unbelievable with thousands of five-star reviews on Amazon. Go and read them for yourself. And they're famous for their Conception for Her and Conception for Him formula, which Schman, my hubby, has been taking for over a month because it takes two to tango. Conception for Her Fertility Aid is a well-researched baby. They have ingredients like ashkawanda, zinc, magnesium that can help you on that journey to have a healthy baby. So what are you waiting for? Go and order now. You're going to love it, and I want to hear from you. Check out You Natural on Amazon and use code FRASER20 for 20% off Conception for Her, Conception for Him, and the Conception Bundle. That's EU Natural on Amazon, or follow the link on our website for 20% off Conception for Her, Conception for Him, and the Conception Bundle with the promo code Fraser 20. That's F R A S E R. The number's two zero. How ironic. I love this. Got a new podcast for you to listen to. Yes, I do. It's the Dr. John Delani Show. Schman and I were actually playing a clip from Dr. John's podcast because he was doing the topic of are youth travel sports ruining families? Well, Dr. John Delani has over 20 years of sitting with families and dealing with hurting people and mental health issues. He has a PhD in counseling. Delani walks alongside real people as they navigate tough decisions. And this is actually something that I really enjoy about his show. It's caller driven. I feel like I'm going to have to get a collar-driven show, Dr. John. I love this. Anyway, listen to the Dr. John Delani Show wherever you get your podcast, or you can follow the link in the description of this podcast episode. I always make it very, very easy to find my sponsors and people that I partner with. So start downloading and listening today to the Dr. John Delani Podcast. Enjoy. The, they, they did a show in front of the entire population, right? And the show made them all rock stars, you know, made them all incredibly um, like famous within the community. Uh, and then after that, we came, we came back, hey, uh, we came back and now we met these women like two or three weeks later and they were all funny and they were all embracing their sense of humor. You know what I mean? So it's like kind of a, it's, it's an amazing superpower. If you, if you make your friends laugh, there's no reason why you shouldn't learn how to make 500 strangers laugh. It's, it, you, you can learn how to weaponize the thing that you use to make the grocery store person laugh or the gas station attendant laugh. You know, Joan Rivers once said, uh, if, you, if you make someone laugh, you give them a little vacation. So why not give a thousand people a vacation, you know, if you, if you have that ability? And, and it's just such a beautiful form of self-expression. You know, you, you do have to be a little bit funny to do it. You know, if, if someone's not funny, we really can't we can try, but but really what we, we do is try. we specialize. I'm saying that so if you're watching this, you go, I've never made anyone laugh. Keep maybe, living your life. Maybe keep Take working. improv, take improv <laughs> and learn how to loosen up a little bit. But if you do make people laugh, then this could be, you know, standupcomedyclass.com is our URL. And, and we have a real reputation for teaching people how to be funny on stage and doing it in a kind, gentle, generous, welcoming way. You don't have to be nervous. We, we specialize in people who have a little bit of stage fright, a little bit of performance anxiety, 
come to us. We'll, we'll pull, we'll pull the best out of you. You guys do. Okay. Heather Pasternick is here. Who's yeah. amazing. Who's Hi, thanks for letting me crash the party. you guys. Oh my God, Heather. Anytime you are so hilarious. You are <laughs> fucking amazing you've been on Stephen Colbert late night you yes. you know you co-teach with Jerry and um you know we've talked all about Jerry's like amazing class and how I heard about Jerry and then I've just fallen in love with doing well I mean I do open mics I mean I don't know if I consider myself a stand-up yet but it's yes, so own it own it you're so good at it <laughs> Well, you you do you guys made me so much better. Oh my god! And then um, you know I tell this joke about Anne Frank, which I think I've put on my social media now. And you guys were like, "Oh god!" And it, now and now I just reference you guys. If it sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And, and when it works, people laugh. And then I, you know, I make fun of and them. And when it for doesn't, laughing. you're like my two Jewish comedy teachers. <laughs> you know, my two Jewish comedy teachers really told me this wouldn't work, and they were right. You're taking a risk. Yes. Absolutely. Um, wait, and tell people, how did you, okay, Heather, did you take Jerry's class? That's how you found Jerry, I took right? Jerry's class when I first started like 10 years ago. And um, I always say that I just never left and finally bullied Jerry into letting me teach with him, <laughs> um, which is pretty true. I mean, his class is so amazing. You know, when I was coming up, there was this mentality that like, you got to like be doing open mics eight nights a week and like, you oh, know, that's still open out mics there. Can be so brutal. And especially for a lot of women, I know it's like meet in this dark alley at 10 p.m. and hear us tell jokes about rape. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's so brutal. And Jerry's class was so refreshing because it was like this supportive community where I actually had a chance to get better. Um, and like the formula is just so eye opening. I feel like you can learn in 10 weeks what it would take, you know, eight years of open micing to figure out. I was so, telling yeah, Jerry, I'm just, yeah. I, I've never left. <laughs> I don't blame you. I mean, oh my God, you get a writer's group like multiple nights yeah. a week. It's the best. And I was saying to Jerry, now going out and doing these open mics, you know, and then people will say to me like other comics, sometimes they'll come up, they'll go, oh, that was like pretty good. You know, and I, I always say like, go see Jerry, you know, and they're like, yeah. a class? Like you took a right. class? I'm like, it's the best. I tell everybody in LA. And then I just see these comics, like, I feel like you, you can get discouraged, you know, because it's, yeah. I don't know doing it in front of other comics and there's something about our community people don't want to laugh so I go and laugh yeah, sometimes open mics especially it really feels like a bunch of comedians that don't want to laugh at each other and I don't even know if it's malicious or just that everyone's staring at their own notes and everyone's thinking about their own jokes you know right um and then there's also the comics that get really good at open mics but then it doesn't translate so they're really good at making other comics laugh you know they have jokes about how hard it is being depressed and being broke and then they go try to do a show at the comedy store with these like happy tourists and they're like we don't resonate with any of this you know that's a good point that's a really good point and wait I don't think I knew this you guys but you do corporate events like what does that mean oh, yeah. do you like teach entire offices how to be stand-up comedy like how does this work <laughs> kind of well no we actually we translate performer skills for the corporate world um and oh. there's a lot of really cool stuff that comes with that jerry basically started this for sales teams that came to him going like you know we have these sales teams they'll spend a million dollars on a spec they'll shoot a commercial you know it's like nike just do it and then the nike execs are like that sounds sexual no and they're like okay sorry bye and they don't know how to like defend their creative so they sought jerry and his school out when they found some of his heckler stopping skills which is essentially how do you turn opposition into opportunity right um, and how do you not back down in those moments and, and defend your creative and get someone who's trying to derail you on your side by the end. So that's been really powerful. And then the pandemic happened and everyone was doing things on Zoom and they realized they could benefit from like on camera skills. And then once we got into it, it was like, wow, there's so many performer skills that can just elevate corporate teams. And then there's also this bonus where people feel really bonded after. And like, it's really been fun. We get to come in and kind of like, be the fun people. Like I always say, it's like the closest thing you can do to like taking your team on an ayahuasca trip because <laughs> everybody gets a little personal, a little loose and a little fun. And by the end, like, wow, you're so, I see you as like a much more whole person than I did before. So. And less vomiting. Yeah. yeah. Less vomiting. That sounds good. Yeah. And I'm always worried I'd shit my pants at those. So this sounds yeah. good. Like I'll still be at the office and I won't <laughs> grab my pants hopefully. Okay. I didn't know you guys did that. And 
Um, okay, Jerry, when are, when do you teach the um, heckler moves here? Is this like that is in the advanced class? class. That's, oh. that's in one of the alumni classes. But yeah, we, we that's something that we because we know you're probably not going to be heckled in your first ever showcase. Right. We we pack a lot of stuff in, but there are there, and you can actually if you want to YouTube or you can include the link. I believe on YouTube you can find how to handle hecklers, and I invented the world's only. Uh, online heckler simulator <laughs> it's there in the youtube thing and you can actually practice being heckled and you know then we when when advertising companies said how do we get our people to 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 defend the creative in the face of people being so rude you know because they yeah. sometimes say stuff to these creatives they'll go like that's the worst ad i've ever seen in my entire life and if you don't have some training, you know, if you don't have a little Kung Fu at your disposal of how to go, oh, wow. So, wow, you really hate it. Tell me more about that. You know, which is what we do in standup is someone says something, we don't freeze, you know, and we we can fight. But a lot of time it's about taking what they said and exploring it a little bit di di deeper. You know, Seinfeld has this concept that he calls the, the heckler therapist where people would heckle him and go, Wow, what makes you say that? Wow, you must be having a rough night. Tell me a little bit more. Just getting more and more curious and flipping it, take kind of taking what they're doing. It, it's very much like judo, where the, take their punch and just sort of flip it back at them and, and roll in with their, use their momentum against them. And so we've been teaching that to teams for sales and, and Prezo. It's really about sales, better sales, better presentation and, and team building. And it's been incredible. We've had two uh, gigs this I, I'm not going to say all of our clients but we you know we worked with Amazon this year we've worked with quite wow. a few you can see on our website thecomedypartners.com you can see some of the great companies we work with and um, movie studios and online streaming platforms and all kinds of people that we fortune 500 companies that we work with and it's it's so gratifying because you know that feeling that you got in your class where you really felt connected and bonded and as a team with those other people you're never going to forget that you guys are going to stay friends forever the the 20 years we've spent building how to do that is really well employed in company teams where they go i mean we we've gotten a quote recently from uh, someone at a fortune 500 company saying my team has been together for seven years and they have never opened up to each other like that before you yeah. can see that quote on our website. And, and, uh, That's and crazy. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, what you loved about class, we're bringing to the corporate world and it really works. And also it's like, even if it's not sales, it's like every business, there are uncomfortable conversations, you know, like we have this, this quote, it's like, I don't remember who said it, but it's like your success is directly related to how many uncomfortable conversations you're willing to have. Yeah. Um, mm. And I just love that. So usually we're able to translate some version of that heckler stopping thing, even if it's not sales. And it's it's fun. It's fun to, to sort of welcome that and not be like confrontation averse or or have that fear going into stuff. Well, damn, you two are busy. All right. I mean, you both have like, like, Plus all three of us have like, you I know, have, have you talked about our babies yet? No, I want to talk about the baby. Talk Mine's about... 19 months. Heather's 18 months. And Yours my is son is 18, 18 months. Yeah. 18 no, months. Heather. Yeah. Our sons are like a play date together. I know. And we seriously do. And then of course, you know, you realize you live in LA and everything like uh, it is a huge, massive place. I'm like, I got to go visit Heather. Oh, that'll be an hour and a half. Yeah, okay. very close. I'll come west. Well, then I'm never going to see you. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Um, are your kids, my kids in a big no phase? Everything is no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, actually, it's funny. KJ is just, he's really starting to talk. So everything is yeah. Yeah. Oh, we had yes yeah. first. Okay, you they did? They quickly became no's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they became. Now, we're at, I think, Jerry, you were at this stage maybe when we were in class, but it's just like the diaper fight every day, oh. trying oh, to get yes. him to keep a diaper changed. on. To It's just, it's so brutal. And you do almost want to give up and just like, fine. Pee yeah, the, I switched the to the little slip-on ones, the little training Did you? Those kind of mm. helped, yeah, because then you don't have to lay them down. They can be like... Oh, that's a great tip. <gasps> By the way, like, I, I I literally am hearing all of the YouTubers like click off right now. <laughs> but I'm really glad for that tip. Everybody was like hanging on, like, okay, I'm, I'm ready. I'm like, doing comedy now. Is this going like, to really be about kids. their kids in diapers? <laughs> Fuck. Yes. What? It was so what interesting. What stumbled into? Oh, yeah. it's amazing, right? And I mean, look, I... I I think I said this to you, Jerry. I thought like being a mom would be boring, but then it's like, it's the best comedy. Cause you just, yeah. there's so much there as Heather knows. 
Speaking mm-hmm. of which, I have to plug this. Heather's special comes out today. Yes, today? I dropped my special on YouTube. It's called Slay at Home Mom. It's short and sweet. It's like 15 minutes, which is about the only length moms have to sit down and do anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, give it a watch. I uh, I just wanted to capture that new mom moment. There's a lot of jokes about being new at something, and which is a nice way of saying being bad at something. Okay, wait, yeah. Heather, it's on your YouTube? Yes, and my YouTube, all my channels are Hello Pasternak. Hello Pasternak. Okay, okay. And you I can put it in the link to whatever we're doing, and 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 people want to get a sense of the kind of comedy that comes out of yeah. what we teach. Yeah. Watch Heather's special. I, I I haven't actually seen it myself, but I know <laughs> it's perfect and can't be better. Um, you. You guys, I have like two last questions for you, but one of them is you do teach a kinder um, form of comedy, which is which is interesting, right? Because lots of times comedy, I feel like that we've known is kind of mean. And honestly, my favorite comic was Joan Rivers on Fashion Police. (laughs) I'm kind of skewed. One of our people, Nina Mani, opened for her on Fashion Police. Oh, Oh, cool. Oh, my God. I mean, one of the greatest. Okay, yeah. why was it important, you guys? Why is it kind of your thing to be kinder in comedy? Do you feel like that's just like where we're headed in general as a society? Because it's a little opposite, I feel like, of, so- of no, a no, lot no. of I, I think I, I'm just, I'm sorry to interrupt, but, but w- there's a difference between what you do on stage, right? We have lots of comics who come from us who are real acerbic on stage, real r- real harsh and funny and 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 sarcastic and all of those things. We're, we are not an advocate for being soft and gentle on stage unless that is your essence. Whatever your essence is, we are all about being your essence. One of your classmates, Horace, was not, you know, a gentle, you know, touchy-feely guy. He, he came hard and it was, it was great. But what we are an advocate of is when we're not on stage being generous and kind to each other. So it's like, there's, there's how you make the, the meatballs, you know, there's how you make the right. stuff and there's the stuff, the product. When we're making the product, we don't need any assholes in the room. You know what I mean? We're, we're pretty insistent that this has got to be a safe place so that you feel safe to fail and take chances. But what the, what the outcome is, no, we're, we're not saying be sweet on stage unless you're sweetie. And in which case, go ahead. Yeah. And I'll also just say to that, point that um you know it's like the kindness in the room it 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 adds longevity it's like you give yourself this gift of being able to do stand-up in the long run because if you beat yourself up every time you come off stage and go like which we all have the tendency to go like I missed this joke instead of going like wow I really connected with people like you just won't last very long in the business so it's a little bit of a Pavlovian training of like making you enjoy the process of writing stand-up so that you can stick it out the 10 or 15 years it takes to kind of get anywhere in this biz you know yeah. oh god yeah. it, it, it's kind to true. yourself I mean be kind to yourself yeah. like acknowledge that every time you go on stage, every time you get behind a mic, you are living someone else's dream. So the first thing you have to do is go, wow, I freaking did stand up tonight. That's amazing. What went well tonight? This went well, that went well. Then after you do that, then analyze the jokes and things like that. But that's that's part of what you love about the environment. Part of what we do is we acknowledge each other like, hey, what did he do well? Let's talk about that first. Then we get into the critique and our critiques can actually be pretty um, rigorous. I mean, you, you've watched us cut people's jokes like this if they're not good enough, but that can still be done in an atmosphere of kindness and love and caring and teamwork. Okay, good. Uh, you clarified that for me. I, <laughs> yeah. I was like, wait, okay, was it, were we supposed to be really kind in class? I don't remember. I mean, to each other. I get that <laughs> yeah. I, on this dead up on stage. Okay, wait, you touched on something. I want to know, you guys, but how long have each of you lived in L.A.? I'm 96. from Los Angeles, so I was born and raised. I went to school in New York, and then I came crawling back with my tail between my legs after I saw what a real winter was. <laughs> oh, God, isn't that the truth? I don't miss that at all. Um, okay, everybody that listens to my podcast knows I'm, like, long obsessed with celebrity in Hollywood, and I just love being in this creative town because just seeing what people are creating. But what do you guys think is the secret to making it here? And, you know, everybody's making it is different, right? Some want, people want to be a writer. Some people want to be an actor, whatever it is what do you think is the secret in Hollywood I think for me what I found was really helpful is um opening up my definition of success like Mm. I think that people can get really narrow-minded about what making it means it's such an individual thing and I think what's frustrating and amazing about this business is there is no one way to do it um and so like 
the more you can broaden your idea of what success looks like, the more you can feel like a success, the more you can law of attraction, kind of like have more of that stuff gravitate towards you. I think uh, that's my woo woo LA woman answer. (laughs) (laughs) I love it, girl. I like that. Yeah, I would say um, I've got plenty of that woo woo too, though I would say if I wanted to counterbalance that a little bit, my sort of practical advice is, I moved here in 96. I was in acting class with James Franco and, uh, and uh, you know, Ashley Judd and was in the class ahead of us. And uh, Jeff Goldblum was our teacher. And I, I, over the years, I've had many friends who have sort of made it. And the one thing that I think, um, uh, the, I'll say the two things that I think define them is, one is mindset. Like, they really leave themselves alone. They're not too hard on themselves. They, they really embrace failure. There's a book by uh, Carol Dweck called Mindset. It's not an easy read. There's an easier read uh, called The Big Leap by uh, Gay Hendricks, which is a great read. Uh, uh, Brene Brown, any of Brene Brown books are, are a great read. So like there's the sort of the mindset aspect of this where you are focused on positive stuff and not tearing yourself down. That seems to me to be a really important part of this. No one I know who's really successful doesn't sort of, hasn't learned, everyone who I know who's successful has sort of learned how to get themselves into a positive mindset. That's one thing. But the other more practical thing is everyone I know, you know, when I was in class with Franco, you know, he was always producing something. He was painting or he was writing a play or he was, you know, he was not doing what most of us in class did, which was waiting for our break he, we were we were like if i get the audition that gets me the part then i'll have my big break but almost no one in this town who's successful works that way they get their big break but once they've got that break they're giving out their three scripts that they wrote and their projects that they've created or they're doing stand-up and maybe they've got an album they're recording like this is more than ever. And I mean, if this has shifted, right, maybe in the 70s or the 60s, you know, you had to wait for your big break or the 50s. But now that everyone has an iPhone and a computer, yeah. and this, this is a DIY business. You should be making as much as possible. And I don't, personally, I hate hearing that news because I'm like, I have, <laughs> I have, I have enough to do. Don't tell me I should be doing more. But within your capacity, make stuff for yeah. yourself to sing, act in, write, joke with, you've got to make your own thing. For those of you who are listening who think you're funny, then I, we would recommend learning stand-up is one way to DIY yourself. But this is a DIY business and a DIY town. And anyone I know who's made a success of themselves, including almost all of our alumni who are successful, have done it because Heather just produced and released her own special today. Yeah. And, that's and I should feel to... really accomplished, but I feel like now what am I going to do now? <laughs> right. <laughs> Me too, right? right? It's true. Yeah, but... You have to take control of your own destiny by making stuff yourself that 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 is the, if you ask me my one secret for making it in this town it is to do what you're doing sarah you've got your this is the sarah fraser show right, for a baby. very good reason yeah oh my god that's set you guys both that's such great advice you nailed it i mean and it is it is like years ago we had gatekeepers right you had to wait for those you know whatever few executive heads to maybe say they liked you or whatever your script and now it's literally everybody you can you got to create it all the time yeah yeah. All right. Um, you two are amazing. It's been, I, I've kept you forever. Um, okay. I'm obsessed with you both. Plug, plug, where can we find you? Whether we're corporate, whether we've always been curious and we want to do stand up. And then, um, Heather, your Instagram is so great to follow. Jerry, you need to start, get your. Start with Heather's stuff and then I'll give you our Okay. Stuff. Okay. Heather, where I love following you on Instagram. You're always putting I something out. Start with Jerry's stuff. No, no, no. no I love you more. No, I love you more. <laughs> Everything Heather is Hello Pasternak. That's right? true. And Jerry is standupcomedyclass.com. And we have the comedypartners.com. Um, right. And yeah, I'm Hello Pasternak everywhere Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, out on the street. That's me. And, and if you want to learn how to do stand up, come to standupcomedyclass.com. It couldn't be easier to remember. And if you are, a, in, if you have a business and you want us to come in, bond your teams and teach people in your department or in any department in your business how to be better presenters, better salespeople, just more fun and have have more, just be a more enjoyable human being 
check us out at thecomedypartners.com. Yeah, and so many of my East Coast listeners, what's great is every class you guys have, you have East Coast people. Some of them even fly yeah. out for the showcase. Some just right. learn stand-up. They go out and do it on their we own. So they can learn Canada, on Zoom. Canada, you know, anywhere. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. So great. Um, Jerry and Heather, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, Sarah. Amazing. 